Right then, how are we? Welcome to episode 15 of a Long Drive Home podcast with Alpha Mel Tea Party. This episode features Paul Russell from the band Axes and Human Pyramids, as well as uh, being over doing front of house for The Skins and The King Blues and a ton more. Um, he's one of our best tour inmates, so this one was such a pleasure to do. Not that the others weren't, but we know Paul inside out really and, uh, and you will too by the end of this he's got some belting stories and you can actually hear just how handsome he is throughout the course of the podcast um, if you like this episode tell us if you don't don't tell us in a bit Tomorrow's a big day, right? Because up in Scotland, uh, nurseries are open, opening up tomorrow. I'll see you a free man then. <laughs> <laughs> All four of us are really excited. Um, can oh, I, 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 we don't do a lot of child talk on the podcast, but um, Joss, my daughter, turned to her mum today and she said, um, I had a fight with this boy in nursery today. And she she didn't tell me about it, and I picked her up from nursery. And uh, her mum went, oh, "All right, why?" And she was like, "She said, I want power, and he's scared of me." Wow, <laughs> <laughs> those were verbatim her words. I mean, that's that, what all wow. fights are about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I want power, Underneath and they're scared the of me. <laughs> so um, I'm now scared of my own daughter. So that's good. Are you gonna you're gonna send her to Eton now? Because sounds sounds like she wants a job at Westminster. I think, but I think when the revolution comes in twenty years, she'll be head of like you know. I don't really watch Hunger Games, but she'll be one of South Korea. Those things. South Korea, yes, head of head of South Korea. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be she'll be leading a, a militant fucking wing, uh, like spearheading a military coup. To uh, take down the current the current incumbent government, even though they've just won a democratic election, um, yes. I am of course talking about Myanmar. There, um, good stuff. Good, good, Great. good stuff. So, Paul, <laughs> Paul, does um, does Scotland follow similar? Um, does it follow the similar road path as to England in regards to like getting out of this shit? Uh, right. Well, I'll tell you tomorrow. Um, we, we don't. We don't. It's weird. Normally, Scotland goes first, and then it's more extreme. Um, but we're going to find out tomorrow, so we'll see. So I would, I, well, I thought, Greg, you were going to ask him if Scotland played out a similar narrative to the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> how, are you all, how are you all feeling about the announcement? What does it mean for Alpha Male? Have you got gigs booked then? Uh, no. Well, well, well so yeah. Who 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 fucking knows? <laughs> gigs I mean, are we, just gigs is like gigs are things that you have good faith that will happen. You think that they you, you remember them plaintively in your head, mm-hmm. but they you might as well have written it down on a piece of paper and sent it to the moon. Really, 
here. Uh, I love your new record. It's well good. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Sounds amazing. It's really, really good. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, we just want to play it, don't we? I mean, it is. Oh, wow. Do you need to just write another one and then do a double album release tour? That's a good shout. Yeah. So we could do like the album one as hot, like act one. Yeah. And then album two is act two and charge twice as much on the door. No support. <laughs> oh, no support. Amazing. <laughs> no support. Yes. That's the, the dream. No support and no club nights at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Matinee um, shows we'll just as well, ha- so you can drink afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just hire the venue and we'll just commandeer it. No, you know what I mean? Like no yeah, motherfuckers yeah. there, just does. We Maybe could, a bar person or two. <laughs> we can do Maybe it a like sound a, guy. We can do like an art installation, and we'll just actually open the doors at like nine a.m., ten a.m. in the morning, and everyone can just like you know watch the setup, watch the sound check. We'll, we'll practice things a few times. People will just be terrible. Uh, it'll just be like a like a like a village fate, but we'll <laughs> we'll be you know making noise sporadically in the background. So speaking of, 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 oh go on. Oh here he is. He's trying to make it professional. Like we're. Oh, trying to do a segue. Trying to do a fucking segue. Yeah, speaking of noise. Speaking of noises at a village fete. Welcome to the Alpha Mel Tea Party Podcast. The long drive home. We're here to talk about <laughs> terrible gigs. We're here with Paul Russell from Axes, one of our favourite people ever. A pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Oh. Did you like that segue, fuckers? That yeah. Right. Great. Cheers. Well, you know, I'm trying to bring an air of professionalism to this cabal, to this charade. Um. <laughs> I've been thinking about this podcast, right? And I was like, you could easily just have it full of gigs that we've done together. Yeah. Shockers. It could just yeah. basically be the, the, the first European tour, just go through every <laughs> every gig we did on that one. <laughs> and we could just like end end on a, on the Orleans show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, feel, I was I, thinking about is that um, that Manchester gig at Halloween. Where, oh yeah! Oh god! We've spoken about this on the podcast. Like, music <laughs> over our set. Yeah, and, and was like fighting with him at the end. Yeah, that was pretty. Good. We 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 speak about that semi regularly on the podcast, so it's um. It's it, it's good to you know we can actually deep dive it if you will. Did, Tom, did you put that on? Yeah, did- yeah. <laughs> so, we, I did a Zoom access like a few days ago just to like refresh my memory because my memory is really bad. Um, and we couldn't remember like something happened that meant yeah. that everything was late and we couldn't remember why. Yeah. Tom, Tom so happened. Me. <laughs> so um, just to fill the gaps in on that one for you, Paul, when we booked the venue, so I was sort of co- promoting it with Alex, who runs Superstar Destroyer, our old record label. And he he booked the venue. And when he booked the venue, they'd said, um, it'll have to be, yeah, you can have it, but it'll have to be a late show because there is something booked in until seven, something like that. So there was going to be like, I think it was like a poetry reading or something or like a play, there was something that was supposed to be in. Now, that in, ev- that in the end got cancelled. But what Alex didn't do 
was check to see whether that meant that the time had been shunted forward or whether we were still having a late show. Because as far as we were concerned, they'd applied for a late license so we could run later. So we were just going to stick with that because we'd done all the posters, like first act on at 9.30. It was going to be a, a late, boozy, fun one. But of course, when we actually got there, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to check with the sound guy and see what the deal is. And he just went, yeah, no more sound. No sound after 11. Uh, (laughs) We were told we've got us till one in the morning and we've advertised and promoted the whole show on that fucking basis. And that's how everything just concertinaed into this horrible crushed car at the end of the, uh, at the end of the night culminating in Gion trying to fight the sound guy and us playing for a maximum of 14 minutes, I think. <laughs> yeah, because... So basically, so basically what happened was, is that, is, is, is that overall, as an audience member, they got about 45 minutes worth of music overall, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> from four bands, from four bands. Wow, because I can well, remember the, the funniest bands thing each played. So yeah, so like an hour really, wasn't it? I, the funniest thing about it was is so the sound engineer was playing. Well, first off, I worked out the times with the sound engineer. Like we all worked out the times, right? Yeah. And it felt like we didn't. We were still within our set time when he started playing the music over us. Yeah. And, <laughs> The music that he was playing over us, it was my fucking iPod. iPod. I'm trying to help you out here, and you're playing my iPod. Over <laughs> and we're sticking to them. Didn't you? Didn't you have to like rejig the PA and stuff for him as well? Because wasn't there a fucking sub like everything for that guy, and he just yeah. was out to get me. See? I think there was I think there was a sub behind the stage, wasn't it? Like there was a sub hidden away I, somewhere. Yes, there was. Dion was defending my honour. Yeah. <laughs> I shall fight for you with my with my bare chest. I'm I'm pretty sure that you played like a maximum of three songs before he started. Yeah, but like the music up over the top. Maybe even on track two. The music that he was playing in between our songs started from like after the first song that we played, he was playing music after, like we played our first song and there was music in between. I don't know if he like left that iPod on. <laughs> he was just playing through the PA but or if he was trying to get us off after one. Because he definitely like faded it up. Like he was definitely, it was a way. He was very in there and he was like, yeah, uh, uh, this, is, this is my time to shine. I'm going to give him a hint now. They played one song, get off the fucking stage. We were wearing skull masks, um, which we hadn't like practiced wearing while playing difficult music. And we put all these masks on, we just couldn't see our instruments or play anything. And be a guy c- coming down from like Total Guitar or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes and we couldn't play a note. And then we got kicked off and then Sheon started fighting with the same guy. Um, that's, that's actually just reminded me that, um, you know, uh, birthday cake for breakfast, mm-hmm. their, their Twitter page is the, the, uh, the photo of you playing in those masks is there, is there like cover photo? Yeah, so, it is. so that's from that night. 
Because <laughs> we had, um, I think Delta Sleep were probably best dressed that night. Because um, oh, were they dressed as what were they dressed as? I don't even know. Like sort of Tin Men alien things. They just like covered themselves in in like disposable cutlery and things. And um, I mean, I'd, saying that though, um, John and Dan did Richard and Judy, dead Richard and Judy, which was <laughs> fucking brilliant. Like, really. I think that wins, man. Yeah, that was great. And we, <laughs> we just dressed as blood. Blood cells. Or blood types. Yeah, that's right. We were blood types. We had red tops and red kecks and just wrote B negative. <laughs> oh, A plus. Such cop-outs. <laughs> <laughs> what a gig, man. I think that was like, one I've only put on a handful of gigs in my time, and, and that's maybe one of the last ones I actually did. It's really <laughs> stressful putting on gigs, isn't it? Fuck me, man. I, I don't understand why anyone would ever want to do it. I did it for a wee bit in London and then pretty quickly worked out to stop doing it. <laughs> oh my goodness it's stressful it's like being on a roller coaster like the queue's stressful and when it's going on you want to die and then you come off and you're like let's book another one and it's like yeah i always fun. think with promoting gigs it's way easier to say no it's like so much easier to just go uh no no i don't want to do that because that sounds like i'll have a terrible time in the six weeks leading up to it and then the six hours of the show I'll only enjoy it 10 minutes after the show. Yeah. When it's done. And it's done. And then I can go, and the relief goes. I think the thing that you see happening quite a lot is, um, is sort of young promoters having a go and they're really enthusiastic about it for maybe 18 months. And then they always inevitably say, ah, not too much. And it's like those 18 months are really fucking crucial because they're, 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 that's the time frame in which people will actually, you know, they'll do the show. And people need, we need that naive inexperience to continue to happen so that bands that have never played shows in different cities before can still play shows. Because that's the big problem. It's like if you're a promoter and you are confident that you can sell a show out or you can do well from a show because you're confident in the bands that you're booking, then it's hunky-dory, it's all right. But if you're a promoter that's like, oh, I quite like the sound of this two-piece that have 40 likes on Facebook or something, they still want to play the shows and they still need to play shows. So you still need the gullible fools to go, yeah, I'll put that show on and lose loads of money. And it's, uh, it's a pretty bad mechanism really <laughs> it's a self-perpetuating cycle it's like it's like the circle of life in the lion king really yeah. you know everybody sort of thrives on each other until they all die eaten in the end we all get eaten in the end speaking <laughs> of getting eaten um do you have any other terrible bad gigs <laughs> terrible bad gigs I, I can't talk this evening i have <laughs> so many bad gig stories that the hardest thing about this podcast was picking just a few, um, but I have picked a few. Um, I'm, I'm going in chronological order. Um, and the first ones, the first two are quite extreme. And then the last one is kind of like a, quite an epic one. Um, I'll just crack on, shall I? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good lads, good lads. <laughs> right, so 
and I do have my notes ready, just so I don't forget. Good lad. Um, I hope not to throw anyone under a bus. Um, I'll do my best. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> so, my first bad gig story. Um, when I first moved to London, uh, I was doing sound for this band called The King Blues for my sins, right? And... Uh, this was like really, really early on in um, the King Blues and in my touring uh, life. We were playing. Do you know what Rebellion Festival is? Yeah, yes. I've heard of it. Yeah, you could do a whole podcast just on my Rebellion experiences. It's like a massive punk festival in uh, Blackpool. Uh, it's like the biggest punk festival in Europe, maybe or the UK. And so Blackpool Winter Gardens just gets kind of overrun with punks for a weekend. Um, so we were playing this punk festival with like the damned and the exploited. Uh, I think this is like 2006. So we're playing this festival, um, quite a late gig and early the next day we're playing sorry 23 festival in Belgium. So we need to kind of play the gig quickly, get in the van, drive straight to Belgium. The van is like, a. um, like a converted ambulance. It was called the Scambulance because it was like a scambulance. Yes. So, so we're driving, or not, we're, not we're driving, I'm driving um, this van late night in uh, Blackpool all the way down through England, you know, queue up for the ferry, get searched at the ferry terminal because it's like an ambulance full of punks, um, eventually get to the other side, driving through France, driving through Belgium, and this is maybe four or five in the morning now. Um, Four or five, and I'm really tired. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to pull off at this service station and get a wee bit of sleep for a bit. Uh, So pull off in the service station, there's kind of like a, round to the left, there's like a secluded area, bit of woodland, looks quite good for a snooze. So pull up, and we're sitting there, trying to get a bit of sleep. I'm in the front seat with uh, Johnny Rich, who's next to me, but he's like this massive Geordie guy. And so I say to him, because he's on one of those seats, it's like like an L that swivels round. So that if you're a paramedic, you can kind of go round to the back and and work on whatever's happening in the back seat. And so we swap seats. So I'm in the little L seat, and so he can stretch out a bit because he's massive and I'm tiny. And this was in the good old days where I could sleep anywhere. Um, how times have changed um, and yeah so we're trying to get a bit of sleep and he the thing about the scambulance is there's like a sheet that comes down so you can't see in the back and so when Johnny Rich reclines the sheet comes over him so essentially I'm in the front seat alone this is just important for context right <laughs> so I'm, my face is kind of against the window I'm having a wee snooze. Everything's grand. Some soft snoring in the back. Great. And I look out the window and there's this guy. And he's just looking at the van. And I'm kind of like, um, you know, when you've got your eyes shut, but they're open just a wee bit so you can see. And he's looking at the van. And I'm thinking maybe he's just waiting for someone to pick him up. He might be working. But he's next to his car. He's got his car keys. It just feels weird, right? So I continue to look at him. And he starts circling the van. He's like walking around the van, 
looking at it. So I'm thinking, right, this guy's definitely going to break in. He's trying to break into the van. And so I am kind of puff myself up, make myself look all big, you know, and, and look at him just to say, like, what are you looking at? And he walks up to me and he, he uh, says something in French. And I go to wind down the window, but of course the window is broken. So I open the door and I say to him, like, what's up? What are you up to? And he just takes his hand and grabs my cock. <laughs> oh my God. Now, <laughs> to be fair to him, to be fair to him, uh, I instantly screamed the highest pitch scream you could imagine <laughs> and push his hand away. And at that point, he screams in a high pitched voice. <laughs> Runs into his car and drives away. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, now. <laughs> and of course, at that point, at that point, everyone in, in the ambulance wakes up. Everyone starts shouting. Um, I kind of, I'm in shock. Uh, so I just get in the front and we swap seats and I just drive all the way to the festival. And it really, it's better, listen, it's better than any coffee any monster, any Red Bull, it just, that was me. But the funny thing about this story, right, is, do you know Attila the stockbroker? Like this poet in Brighton. Anyway, I was talking to him like a year or two later and basically got told exactly the same story. So it was just like a dog and hotspot in Belgium. <laughs> you just pulled up into fucking hell. Oh, my God. It was like my first time in Europe. This was like my first touch of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Maybe this is just the way that they do it over here. So Belgium initiation ceremony. Ooh. Wow. You know where to go back if you need to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was weird because the day after was Sortie 23 Festival, which was where I met Al. And where we like started axes was the next day. Oh, so, Al used to play in the King Blues, didn't he? Yeah. So at that point, he was playing in a band called Black Radio, who were kind of a spin-off of the Filaments, and then he joined the King Blues. Uh, and was was Al in the King Blues at that time? No, we met him the day after. So so at that point, it was like really early on in the King Blues, and it was just like acoustic guitars, oh. and I think it was just ukulele and two acoustic guitars and maybe a bass player um yeah oh, right okay so it was really straight back stuff then by that point so was i mean were, were the gigs any good i mean i don't know we're fine um not worth that yes <laughs> um, i'm not sure what is but um i can't really can't really remember back in those days you were playing in really weird places and squats and then um real like i ended up doing sound for them because this, because there was never like a pa or the sound guy was nowhere to be seen or pretty mad places sounds very familiar 
Well, well uh, that's, I mean, there's not a lot to it. I was going to say, we usually explore each story and deep yeah, dive well, it, but a, that's kind of... Yeah, because I was that. the order of how I was doing these stories, and I thought, I don't want to end it like that, because there's nowhere you can really go. It's a bit of like a, a conversation ender, isn't it? So I can just fire straight into the next one if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he touched my cock. <laughs> next next story. <laughs> so this is a good um this could be a good five or ten years after that. Um playing a gig with slow science, which is basically axes, but instead of Gion, it's uh, a guy called John playing guitar and singing like a punk band. And um oh we were supposed to be recording with you, Tom. Yeah, you were. Yeah, and then uh, and then it all imploded because of something called COVID nineteen. I don't know if you've come across that before, but be bad. All right, so we were due to play this gig at. Do you know the Black Heart in Camden? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we were due to play this gig at the Black Heart in Camden, and this was quite early days in the Black Heart, so it was it wasn't really a proper venue yet. Like there was an upstairs room, but I think there was just a couple of like macky, what are they called like. Fr- yes. SRM 450s or something? Yes, that's, that's yeah, that is. That I, is. Have, I have two of them. <laughs> right, so you're aware of how heavy they are? Yeah. Right, This will be. you'll need this later. Um, <laughs> so we arrived at the venue, and for some reason, the speakers, these Mackies, are really high up. Like, they're really high up in the air to the point where no one's going to really hear them. It's just going to be slapping off the ceiling. Do you know what I mean? It's just going to be yeah. sound. It's just going to be banging off the ceiling and coming down. So I say to this guy who's uh, in the support band, like we should bring these speakers down so that people can hear it. And he's like, yeah, let's bring the speakers down. So we go and have a look. And um, I kind of take the weight of them and say, like, have you got the weight? Because I'm going to move the, you know, the wee bit underneath. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. You like take yeah. the bit out and then you bring it down a few pops and then pop it back in again. Yeah. And uh, so I've undone the bit and my head is like underneath like that. And then I say to him, <laughs> I say to him, I say, have you got this? And he says, I've got this. I release the thing. He does not got this. <laughs> <laughs> this Mackie SRM 450 smacks onto my head like you wouldn't believe from a height of oh. I'm not sure maybe like two foot three foot oh. um, oh. and like you know when you're in a serious accident yeah the worst thing is the look on people's faces when they're looking at you. <laughs> you know that one? And you're looking around and everyone is like, <gasps> like, oh. like that stream poster. And everything goes bright white. And then I just feel like wetness. And there's just blood coming all down my face. Oh, um, the, the, there's like that auditory hallucination where it's like, oh, oh, like <laughs> weird stuff going on. Um, I kind of come to and uh, someone's phone, there's like a paramedic just appears out of nowhere. Someone's obviously phoned 999 and a paramedic has come and um, they check my head and it's like 
really bad. So I'd, I'd get taken in a um, ambulance straight to A and E. Um, I don't know if I get like kind of interim stitches or if I just get a bandage put on my head. But for whatever reason, they kind of wash it up as best they can, maybe cut a bit of hair and put a bandage on top. And we're just waiting to get the proper stitches. And I'm sitting there with Nia. um, And I'm going, I don't feel too bad. I think I might go back. (laughs) (laughs) And Nia's going, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> that gig. And I'm like, no, I think I think I'm gonna go back and do this gig. <laughs> and uh I don't know if it was concussion or whatnot, but um I went back to the black heart to play the gig. And I'm not sure what I was expecting when I arrived back. Not like a hero's welcome, but <laughs> everyone was just like, What the fuck? What are you doing here? like angry with me for coming back. Like, why have you come back? And um, played the gig, sat down with a bandage on my head with the rest of the band scowling at me. And then went back to the hospital again. And they were so angry at me for leaving that they made me wait all night. Wow. (laughs) How did you play, man? Did you play all right? Or was it a bit of a car crash? What was your performance like? Really badly, yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> isn't slow, isn't slow science like from memory it's quite it's a punk band in it yeah but you yeah. were like a it's quite fast yeah so it's kind of you know nod your head when you shouldn't be nodding your head yeah don't nod your head keep your head back <laughs> straight head straight completely still <laughs> but it was just how angry everyone was with me I'm angry with you now. Yeah. I'm I'm angry. And I like I was talking with Nia about this, and she's still really angry with me about this. And <laughs> <laughs> years ago or whatever, and she still like didn't want to talk to me about it. I mean, it is it is absolutely insane that you went back to play the show. Like I, I'm I'm I mean I'm 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 impressed, but not for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so did you have to have like full stitches put in and all that stuff in the end? Or you know what the worst thing about it was, yeah, I got um there's different types of stitches, isn't there? But I think these are the ones that you had to get taken out again. Yeah, uh, okay. But the day after was my very first bus tour and I just kept on hitting it, kept on hitting my head oh. every time. And uh like my head was kind of weak for a good it's fine now, but a good like five years after that, like if you if you knocked it, you would need a minute. Jeez, wow. soft up there, mm. and like really scared of speakers, <laughs> which is a bit of an occupational hazard for me. But uh, like always, <laughs> really, really rationally. You know what? Actually, that kind of does make sense because I'm sure that we've had to do some sort of PA wrangling at like. Uh, actors AMTP shows before and I, I definitely recall you being very conscious of like yeah, yeah. The but do you actually have this yeah, can I see so this in your hands <laughs> it, like, but it makes total sense I mean, it rem- like, your, your actions that night remind me of like 
I don't know if everyone, if you've ever been in like a minor car crash, but yeah. I, I got into one when I was learning to drive um, and a lorry just clipped me, but it terrified me. And my mum just turned to me and went, just, uh, she, we pulled over. I had a minute. She went, carry on driving. If you don't drive now, you won't want to drive ever again. And I don't know if that was that your attitude of like, if I don't go back to the venue, yeah, don't I won't they, ever I, want a gig again. I'll never play one, play one again. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Like, I, I kind of felt like it was a really important gig. Like, I don't know if it was a release, like a release gig for our EP. Or I mean, you would usually remember, but I think the memories have been smashed out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> it felt important and it felt like I should have been there, but I was wrong. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you, when you, oh, can, can I ask you a really invasive question? When you, when you came round, yeah, go for it. Did, did you, did you feel like you'd shit yourself at all? No. Because the, the, the few times that I've been unconscious, which has happened twice, both times I've come round, I've felt like I've voided my bowels. And I just wondered if that was a thing that, that maybe that's just specific to me. No, I, I felt like I'd gone like away to another realm. You know, like it was all white and I kind of came back. Well, I mean, it was like a, not like a near-death experience, but kind of in that. I mean, yeah, it's definitely in that in that ballpark. Isn't in that it? ballpark. Actually, it's like you must have been out for a while for you to come to and there'd be paramedic there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a good like, like 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, Paul. That's a, that's a hero story, that is. So that's well, like, I'm not sure oh, it's a hero story. I think it's like an Egypt story. <laughs> I, I like how really angry the hospital were with you when you went back. That's my favourite part. They're like, what were you doing? I mean, yeah, uh, I really in fact, that. it was worse than being angry. They were more like, oh, the prince has arrived again. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> You know, just very much like, oh, now you want to see us. You know, it was very much. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Like they were disappointed. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking there, Paul? <laughs> I'm drinking, I've got a new lockdown hobby, which is finishing all the weird bottles of spirits that are in my flat. Um, and <laughs> I saw you mixing something. What have you mixed up there? Is it gone? So I've got a... Uh... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Captain yeah. Morgan's black spice for those uh, watching in motto. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and this is the good stuff. Oh yeah, pineapple jaritos. That sounds great. That's a, that's some high high fucking high value beverages you've got there. It's getting a bit tropical in Glasgow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> is the pineapple stuff is it alcoholic or is it just a mixer? It's just like a really sweet, like Mexican soda. Oh, nice! Yeah. I have to try that. That's nice. Mm. So they are my two kind of short, sharp, shocking ones. <laughs> the next one's a bit of a, a journey. Oh, love it! Oh, you take us with you. Strap in, strap in. Right, let's go. So, let me take you back to um, Funky Town, two thousand and thirteen. <laughs> So this is the first ever Axis EU tour. Oh, this sounds familiar. Were we part of this? No, you were on oh, the second. Okay. Oh, the second one. Okay, sorry. Axis EU tour. And your one was probably less weird, if you can imagine that. <laughs> okay, now it must have been bad. <laughs> so, we, um, so to set the scene a wee bit, like Axis had 
just been signed to Big Scary Monsters. We were kind of on top of the world, felt amazing. Just been booked uh, to play Incubate Festival. Do you know Incubate Festival? I think you've mentioned it to me before, but I don't. Yeah, I'm sure I've told you this story before, but just I, pretend like I haven't. Uh, um, <laughs> so Incubate Festival in 2013, uh, we were booked to play with uh, Gang of Four. Yeah. I'm going to watch you from afar. Maybe she will. Twilight Sad and Built to Spill. So it was like amazing lineup. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so we got booked for this gig. We did a couple of fill-in gigs either side. So we did Copenhagen on the Friday, um, Incubate on the Saturday, and then this Belgium gig on the Sunday. Um, booked it all up, booked the ferries, got the gigs all in. Great. It all started going wrong maybe a month before we set off when we got an, an email from Incubate and they basically said, we're really sorry, but we've booked you for the wrong day. So we've accidentally booked you on the black metal day. <laughs> so instead of playing with, you know, Gang of Four and So I Watch You From Afar, maybe she will, Twilight Sad, you're going to be playing with Mayhem and Immortal. <laughs> uh, but they said, well, if, you, if you can swap, we'll get you back on the proper day. Um, but it was like too late. Like both gigs were confirmed. We booked the ferries. It was all set. We were like, it, it felt like out of order to cancel those other two fill-in gigs. So we were like, no, nah, we'll just play the black metal day. So, <laughs> uh, so we so we pop over, we get the ferry. It's quite nice. We play the Copenhagen gig. Like, that's all fair enough. Um, but the trouble started as we were driving to Incubate Festival, which is, um, yeah, Copenhagen to Tilburg. I had a look on Google Maps and it's 10 hours on a good day. No. Oh, good. Jesus. On a bad day, which it was, it was, I think, 16 hours. <clears throat> so as we were, because you know when you're doing a really long drive, the potential for error gets much bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. if you get lots of roadworks, it can really just get out of control. So we're driving to... Uh, incubate festival and we're thinking i don't even know if we're going to get to play this gig we're playing the wrong day anyway we can't even get there and we're, we're all in um just to get a picture of our mindset we're in eva al's um mondale or stacy's uh Pugel. so we're kind of like the amps are in the boot the merch is in the boot the guitars are across your lap uh, so, like the comfiest seat is the driver's seat, um, but you've been sitting in it for ten hours. So it's kind of no one's having a good time. It's have you ever been so late for something where you obviously can't stop, but you need petrol, and when you stop for petrol, no one's eating for ten hours either. So when you stop for petrol, you need to get petrol, food, and go for a wee in as quick a time as possible, and then get straight back in the car and keep driving. Um, super stressful. We're on the phone to the promoter uh, 
talking about owls, like talking them through the drum kit, getting the cymbals on the stand, like getting the whole backline just set so we can just open the door, go straight on stage, play our black metal set. Um, <laughs> so, we, so we arrive. I don't know how this happens, but we arrive bang on time leave the car just out in the street, run onto the stage, play the black metal set. It actually goes down pretty good, considering <laughs> uh, we're playing a black metal festival. Um, and yeah, like the gig, the gig was actually really good. Um, the, um, like, do you know about Mayhem? Yeah. Don't they have yeah. carcasses of like dead animals and shit? Yeah, so they have like the pig's heads um, on the stage. I was talking to the promoter and he like, there's so many pig's heads. Like you talk about being a promoter and the things you need to deal with. If you, <laughs> them, you, go to, you can't even go to a butcher because the amount of pig's heads you need is, is an amount they wouldn't carry. So you need to go to like a, um, like a wife. An abattoir. Abattoir. <laughs> yeah, you go to the abattoir and get the heads. And um for anyone uh, listening who isn't like au fait with the uh, Scandinavian black metal scene, uh, Mayhem are kind of famous because, or infamous, because their singer, one of their earlier singers killed themselves and then their guitar player was murdered by an old bass player. <laughs> uh, so Ben, if you're getting any ideas... <laughs> and uh, and yet and they're big into the whole church burning um, extreme violence pretty dark stuff um, quite different from an Axis gig yeah really. um, the only burning of churches you do is purely metaphorical so anyway right so we're so at this point we're pretty relieved we're quite um, we're quite stressed out the promoter feels really bad. So he kind of, because it was like his fault that we got booked on the wrong day. So he kind of takes us out and we go out to this kind of all night rave and let off some steam and have, have a good night. So come the final night of the tour or like the three day mini tour or whatever, we're pretty hanging um, as we drive to this final gig, which is where things get quite funny. Um, so we drive to this final gig um, in Belgium. I'm not going to mention the name of the promoter because everyone has bad days and I'm just not going to go into it. But um, we play this gig and it's fine and he's really nice and cooks really nice food and he says, don't worry about it. We'll have a nice gig. We'll have some nice food and then you can come back to my flat and we'll just chill out and have a nice night. Perfect. That's just what we need. It's been a tough. It's been a tough few days. We just need to get back to the flat and relax. So we get back to this flat after the gig, and it's in one of the tallest buildings in the whole of Belgium. And we're, you know, when you're touring a car, you basically need to take everything out of the car. So you need to take everything up all these stairs, and we multiple trips. We get everything into his kind of front room. And we're sitting there having uh, a drink, maybe a cup of tea. And there's a knock on the door. And all these people start arriving. And we're like, what are all these people doing here? 
and just more people start arriving. More and more people start arriving. Everyone's smoking, everyone's drinking, and we're like, right, cool, this is a party going on, fine. Um, and so we're knackered and we're like, do you know what, we'll just get into it because what else are you going to do? It's the last night of the tour, let's have a laugh. So we get into it, we have a few drinks. It's actually quite a good night. Um, and uh, there's some Al's doing some dance-offs and yeah, so I'd love obviously, to see that. I'd love obviously. to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was a good night, but it gets a bit weird when because we've got a really early ferry booked the next morning, and uh, it gets to the point where everyone's left, and uh, the promoter's girlfriend's gone to bed. And, um, oh, another thing that I haven't mentioned. You know, when you go and stay in someone's house, right? And you get in there and you're kind of looking around and you're thinking, where am I sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where am I sleeping? And, you, and you're going, well, there's the bathroom. That's the kitchen. That's your room. I'm sleeping in this room, aren't I? I'm sleeping in this room full of people smoking, putting their fags out in their drinks. Oh, this God. is my bed, isn't it? Oh. This is my bedroom. So anyway, that's fine. So <laughs> everyone has left, right? And, um, and so we say to the promoter, we're like, right, uh, we really need to get to bed now because we're up in, you know, a few hours to get this ferry. And um, we're kind of like, rolling out the roll mats you know and he's rolling them back up again what he we're like turning off the stereo and he's turning it back on again (laughs) (laughs) really aggressive with the idea that we're going to bed he's just not interested and um (laughs) and we're trying to like rearrange the furniture so we can Kind of, it's almost like we're trying to form a tight perimeter that he can't get into. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, fort. <laughs> and, it, and it kind of it gets to the point where um, he maybe goes to the toilet and we just turn off all the lights, get all the mats out, get all in the sleeping bag. And he comes back with this head torch on and he's like brushing his teeth over us, like drooling. This like foamy toothpaste, <laughs> and you're put in this weird situation where you think, like we we can't fight this guy because it's his house. We can't leave because we're all drunk and all of our equipment is right up, and we're too drunk to drive anyway. And so you're trying to dance this dance of being firm, but not fighting him. Do you know, it's like when you're like in a, like a racist taxi driver. Do you know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> I don't agree with what you're saying, but I do want to get to where I need to get to. Or, you know, a sexist hairdresser who's got knives, you know, and you're like, you're just in a really bad situation. Um, and eventually it ended. <laughs> and he's back over at the stereo again, trying to put on some like, I'm not even sure what music it was. And Al just puts his hand over the promoter's hand, looks him in the eye and says, it's over. 
<laughs> oh my god so anyway so eventually the promoter goes to bed um and we get maybe i feel like it was half an hour to an hour oh, so really really oh. painful and um but it doesn't end there <laughs> it doesn't even end there so we get all the stuff um into the car multiple trips down all the stairs and we're driving towards the ferry and uh, it's really quiet on the roads like really really quiet no cars nothing and it's like have you ever been really tired and hung over and you feel a bit paranoid like, yeah. like people yeah. are looking at you weird yeah people are looking at us weird and we're driving around and people are kind of like pointing, pointing at us. And then people are shouting at us and we're getting really freaked out by this point. And eventually we stop at a traffic lights and a guy comes over and explains to us it's National No Driving Day in Belgium. <laughs> in that town or whatever um and 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 he says to us like you need to pull over and you need to you need to stop driving you need to stop the car and we all look at each other and we're like definitely not (laughs) (laughs) and so we just keep driving and we get chased out of the town practically with pitchforks and that is the end of our first european tour that is unreal (laughs) I've just um I've just pulled up on my phone because I I almost didn't believe you, but it says on Sunday twentieth of September Brussels organises its traditional car free Sunday from nine thirty a.m. till seven p.m. Car traffic is not allowed in the Brussels region. There what you go. are you supposed to do with that information? <laughs> Why would you know that? Nobody told us. <laughs> That's bullshit. Like, there must be plenty of people in Brussels that need to fucking leave it on that Sunday. The roads are nice and quiet, though. Well, I bet. Yeah. Is that just in the city area then? It didn't explain. It wasn't like Yeah, I think once we got onto the motorway, it was fine. That's. No 16 hour drive that day. Fucking hell. I love that. Like, there was definitely. Like an axis before that tour and an axis after that tour. <laughs> like when we came back, we were really like, because I think even when we did that EU tour with us, with uh, Cleft and us, we were quite diva ish about beds. Yeah. That, because we were like, do you know what? Tell me you've got a bed or I'm not staying. We were <laughs> like, yeah, I remember that. We, like there was a couple of nights we got hotels because. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like, remember, yeah. We'll do that again. Well, I remember we were supposed that the Orleans show in question from earlier um, wasn't supposed to happen. You'd booked a hotel in Strasbourg or something, or Marseille or right. something. I can't... Montpellier. And Montpellier, I, I, sorry. It's my fucking dreams that we didn't go. Because you, 
hotel. You were just like, I bought, I bought this hotel. Everyone's got a bed. We'll have a nice day off. No gig. It'd be great. And then we got an offer of an Orly On show, and you and Tom and maybe Dan both just went, "Fuck it, gig's a gig." Yeah. You, oh, hang on. I'm gonna That's just, I'm just gonna interject here because I think you booked that that show, Paul. I'm sure you did. Or maybe it came through to Dan, but it was like four days before we left. It was really like late in the game. And we just went, yeah, fuck it, why not? For and context, because we're talking about this like like everyone knows the context of this. The, the dig the night before was in Freising, just north of Munich. And then on in France was the uh, this show in question, which was comfortably 13 hours a drive. Well, and then not being that long, even though it should have only been nine. Still, and then on the, the one <laughs> after on was Barcelona. So what we really should have done was stayed in that hotel. Fucking hell. That hey, was... we, should, we should talk about Barcelona. Um, oh, Yeah. So well, nice. do you remember? Do you, do you remember getting the, the van getting broken into on the way out of Barcelona? Yeah, because this is the thing. Because the last time Axis were in Barcelona, we were doing um, AM fest. AM fest, yeah. And it, we were a bit of a state, but um, I got pickpocketed with all of our merch money uh, oh, and fee um, from my pocket outside. And so when we played Barcelona. With views, we were on like high alert, right. super high alert, like looking, like carrying everything, just tight perimeter, make a fort, you know, really. <laughs> and then I can remember when when we left, um, and we we were leaving Barcelona. We were looking at each other, going, "Played Barcelona, didn't get robbed, feeling pretty good." And we went to that service station. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I still had like some weird like senses that I should like come back to the van. Like I remember uh, John was like double locking, triple locking the van. Um, and me and Gion were coming out of the service station and I look at the van and the door is like ajar. And I was sure that we were the first people out. So we kind of run up to the van and there's just these two old guys getting out of it <laughs> these guys are like <laughs> these are like old dudes right <laughs> and uh and me and gion are like what are you doing and then i go into the van and uh in the splitter and all of the bags have been opened but like laptops are in passports are in really weird like what are these guys doing um and then they just start taking bits of rubbish from the car and putting it in the bin Eon is like circling the car, like looking in to see if what they've taken, but the car was like open. So you could see that they haven't stolen anything. Um, and then they just kind of drove off. And we were really par- paranoid, weren't we? That like they'd planted something in the in the Yeah, bill. like we were going to get pulled. Because I remember that there being a genuine fear that there'd be like a checkpoint a couple of miles, like a couple of hours down the road and like that we'd get ambushed or something, but they would, they were like, scouting the van out for shit but um i think what they were actually trying to do because this happened to my family when we we were went on holiday in southern france um is they were looking for debit cards to clone because if they if they clone the card and you don't know about it 
then they get the money hunky dory they get what they want from from the clone car they they nick that and the key to it is they don't you don't know that it ever happened it's the only thing i can think of is the only reason that they'd be in the van look at a laptop a passport whatever and not take anything so we think that they had um like some sort of master key yeah it, was, it must have been a, a clone of us yeah. It wasn't forced. So weird. I, I remember coming out of the service station and seeing the van open and, and finding it quite surreal and being like, eh? How, how the hell did you get a master key for that like type of van? What was the chances of that even happening? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe... I think what they, what they had... So I, just for context, I actually looked into this when we got home from that tour because I was so fucking like freaked out by it. And you can get like, presumably on the black web or whatever, they're like signal repeaters. So when we lock the van, it records the infrared signal from the key and wow. clones it. And that's how they can open it again. So that's what those, those that must be what it, what it is because they can't just have a key that opens that brand of split of like splitter or whatever. Where the side where, where the side doors deadlocked though? No, there was no deadlocks yeah. on the van. I can remember that wasn't an option that we could do. They yeah. didn't go in the back, did they? They didn't go in the uh, yeah. in the instrument bit, did they? No. So weird. I remember that morning I was I just like so hungover. Me and Ben me and Ben woke up in that in that um What's the name of the guy? Is it Bruno? Beacon. What? No, no. Beacon was the fella in Bill and uh, was that out? Yeah. Can't remember his name. Sorry. No. Um, and like we were, we I had the keys to the van. We were supposed to be at the van at ten o'clock, and it was like twenty past ten. And the only reason I woke up is because John rang my phone, going, "Where are you? We need to go." And I was just like, there was, um, there was a cat in the flat, wasn't there? That looked like it, it, sw- it looked like it looked like it swallowed a rugby ball. Very fucking odd shape. Like that tour was full of. Um, while it was largely terrible, uh, I left a pedal board in Leipzig, so oh, I had to use poles. So I had to use poles for the rest of the tour. Wow! Yeah. Did you get that back ever? I did. I got, and it cost all of fifteen pound to send from Leipzig to my house in Wales. Oh, uh, back when we were in the EU, sad times. Yeah. yeah, I I left it by the DJ booth in the venue in Leipzig, and I think I just thought it looked like a piece of DJ equipment because it was black and silver, and then just had to play, yeah, to play through your pedal board, Paul, felt the. We we had we had a funny situation in uh, Cardiff where we were playing a gig, um, had a few drinks afterwards, got in a taxi, got got back to the promoter's house, drove back to London the next day, got to the practice room, loading all the stuff in. Gion's pedal board isn't there, and uh, we're like freaking out. We're pointing the finger at everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it was their fault. <laughs> someone nicked it. It was someone in Cobby for back. Oh, no, it was someone at the club. 
It was someone in the bar. And, and um, I think in the end, there was some CCTV footage, um, maybe from like Cardiff City Council, of us getting in a taxi, totally steaming, and just leaving it on the street. Oh, God. <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> the guy from the bar who we accused of stealing it actually picked it up for us and uh, posted it back to us. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's <really> embarrassing. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, God, I just remember the thing that happened in Leipzig, actually, where I needed to buy some guitar strings the day after. So we went to this music shop and I can't speak a word of German. So I walked in. I couldn't. I was like awkwardly staring at the strings behind the counter trying to find mine because I, I've, I've got I use skinny top heavy bottoms. And I was like, oh, I can't see. Them. I can't see them. And the guy behind the counter didn't say a word to me, didn't say hi or anything. And then he just went really aggressively, just went, are you going to buy anything or just stand there looking? And I was like, I was feeling very um, humiliated. Have I told you the story? I mean, I don't know how much time we've got, but I've got so many more stories. Yeah, let's just keep going. It's fine. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah I do. Well, maybe it's a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> could honestly do this for about a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this is back in, oh, I don't even know when this was, um, but I used to do like breakcore, just me and a laptop and a guitar, <laughs> right, called uh, Project Serendipity. And um, this was like, kind of my space days, like you would just be playing gigs that someone would sort out for you and you would just turn up and do them. Uh, so anyway, this kind of friend of a friend said like, oh, you should come up to Leeds. I can sort you out a really good gig in Leeds. Um, so I drive up to Leeds. I get to the place. It's called Carpe Diem. Um, turn up there, load in all my stuff, try and find a promoter. And it turns out, this guy who's got a really good contact in Leeds has just signed me up for an open mic night. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and by this, like, I'm so angry. Like it's a one-off. I've just driven for four hours by myself to come up to play. Like, could you see if you're in a band, like no matter how bad it gets, you've got each other, right? Yeah. So you have a pint, you can say, this is mad, but it's a good story and you can make the, be- make the best of it. You can pick up, e- pick up each other if you're down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you're by yourself, you can't pick yourself up. No. <laughs> and it's one of these open mic nights where people play and all the mates come in and then they all leave. Um, it's also the time where I saw the worst thing I've ever seen on a stage. And it was basically this guy from Leeds and like, who looked like he'd come from the office, like rapping to this horrendous backing track. And I remember watching it just thinking like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, cause you'd think you'd send it to someone and then they would say, well, the backing track's really bad and you can't rap. <laughs> That's <what it> is. <laughs> um, Anyway, so, so I played this gig, super angry, jumped in the car, drove home. 
on the way, maybe like coming into London, I get a phone call from the venue manager and he's saying, there's this big uh, cardboard box here with your name on it. And I realized that I've left all of the merch in Leeds. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I think it was a slow science gig or a surf combat gig. I was going to be up in Leeds in like two weeks, two, three weeks. So I was like, can you just keep it safe for me and I'll pick it up in two weeks. Um, so two weeks come and we're driving up uh, to play a gig in Leeds with my other band. And I think I'll phone Carpe DM and just see what the crack is. We're picking up the merch. And I get through to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Um, but they say like, oh, the manager's going to be in at, uh, you know, four o'clock. So phone back then. Phone back in at four o'clock. Speak to the manager. And he says, I'm so sorry. But there was a freshers week. And there was lots of promotional materials, like drinks promotions. And we handed it all out to students at the Leeds Met. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing, yeah. hundreds of pounds of merch, all of the merch, all of the albums, all of the t-shirts, everything. Uh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, you, you've told me that story before. Yeah, I mean, and I am so <laughs> glad that you've told it again because I was like, he's got to tell that one because it's fucking incredible. <laughs> it's it, the fact that the gig was bad, and then on top of that, it's it's a, a classic insult to injury, and, isn't it? That one, and it's so funny you can't even be that angry. Handed <laughs> <laughs> it out. It wasn't you? Just it's not even like you threw it away. You just handed it out. That's just. I I, I like the idea that there's a load of like, bewildered Leeds Met students that are like on a freshers week thinking that they're getting handed some like, you know, this is for a promotion for a club or, or something. And it's like one of your T-shirts and an album. And they're like, oh, sound just like, what's this about? I can imagine like some DJ at the uh, at the freshers ball shooting it all out of a T-shirt cannon. <laughs> 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 foam, foam everywhere. Yeah, foam t-shirt cannon. <laughs> yeah, found these t-shirts. Yeah, everyone can have one. Bash, 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 bash. <laughs> um, you should do like a shout out to see if anyone actually has any of your records somewhere. Oh, yeah, anyone in the Weeds area who was studying in oh two thousand and ten. Um, what do you think of the CD? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the T-shirt. <laughs> can I have it back? <laughs> can I have it back? Yes, please. Let's see if we can recover it. Like, yeah, eleven years later. Would Would you like to hear about the worst place I've ever stayed in my life? This is amazing. Oh yeah, please come in, man. Uh, yeah, so this was kind of like quite early days into me doing front of house for the skints. Um, and uh, I was kind of, it was kind of in the changeover period when I joined the skints doing front of house where they were kind of doing a bit of staying at people's floors, a bit of like really cheap hotels, um, like a bit of not like dodgy stuff, but you know, like sneaking people into travel rooms, you know, like you book free 
like a room of three and three would go in and then two would come out and then you pick up the other one and they'd all go yeah, in and yeah, yeah. dress clothes differently and all that sort of stuff. Um, so anyway, we were booked in this hotel in kind of uh, East Berlin and like kind of Soviet block uh, hotel. And um, we check in and the guy is, showing us around the hotel, lots of like really dodgy looking guys in the lobby. Um, and we get the lift up, this really terrifying Soviet clunky lift. And it's one of these places where you come out of the lift and to the left is like dodgy looking hotel rooms. But to the right is just like the shell of rooms. So it's like just unfinished, no doors, just like utter like a shell of a building, um, like it was like an apocalypse. Um, and so anyway, so, so we, so he, he doesn't give us keys. He basically goes round to let us into each individual room. So he opens the first room and there's people sleeping in it. <laughs> and he goes, shh, and closes the door. Tries the next room, opens it up. People sleeping in it. goes into the third room, opens it up, turns around to me, this is your room. (laughs) (laughs) Right, cool. And then, so I I go into the room and (laughs) I sit down on the bed and it's like, it's warm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking around and there's like clothes about. And again, there's like that thing of like, uh, like mugs with like tea and fag ends in it. Oh. And you're just like, right. And, uh, and, and <laughs> as before, what's that? But we're obviously texting or whatever. And we kind of all decide to just go in to the same room because we're all really scared. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're all kind of all hiding in, hiding in together. Uh, and just lots of mad, crazy noises happening all night and all that sort of carry on. And the next morning, um, when we're leaving, I can remember the hotel manager says to Tom, uh, who's our tour manager, says like, oh, can we settle up for the rooms? And Tom says, um, I'm not paying for those rooms. And the hotel manager said, well, what do you expect? You know, it's so cheap. What do you expect? And Tom said, a walkable door and curtains. Amazing. I just, oh God, there's so much about that to enjoy. Just the, curtains. Just curtains. It was one of those nights where like some people went out and some people didn't. And for whatever reason I didn't go out. And I really wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have been out tonight in Berlin, but instead I'm we're all in the same bed and just nobody lives here. Because no. <laughs> there's always like if there's clothes in there and and the bed's warm. Sometimes. It's like people are living, it's like a kind of, um, like people live in the hotel. You know, yeah. They do their jobs and then they come back like refugees or um, people who are in pretty dire situations. Yeah, yeah. 
live in well, I mean someone's presumably just gonna like open a door and find you sleeping and that's just gonna keep fucking happening <laughs> Jesus man that's <laughs> quite bad like places um I've got quite a lot of stories about America like uh the, the early skints tours in America because um like the gigs in America are really extreme. Like they're either really good or they're like way worse than anything you can imagine in terms of like the violence and the ghetto and the, um, the situation. But some of the hotels we stayed in, these Motel 6s where you, um, it's like cheaper to live, like it's cheaper to live in a Motel 6 than it is to rent a house. So you have people that just like live in these hotels uh, either in the car outside or in the rooms themselves and really sketchy people just trying all the doors and everyone hiding in their room, <laughs> keyboards back up against the doors and stuff like that. See, wow. You know, like we, we, I mean, we moan about our tours, but we've never, we've actually been, I think we've been quite lucky really. But I think we've never we've never feared for our life on a tour. No. Yeah, yeah. Like America, you fear for your life a lot. You, you end up in situations and you think, like, how am I going to get out of this alive? Like, just really quite grim places. That's nuts. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, to be fair, we've spoken to quite a few people that have toured in America. It sounds like your experience of it has been quite extreme because, like. Not everyone says that, but I, I think it, I guess it just depends on, on where you end up going. I, I think we have kind of discussed this on, on air before that like, there's a real fine line between it being like a rite of passage kind of, you just play the shit gig because you do. And like, is it actually worth it for your own fucking sanity and, and that sort of thing? I think one of the reasons why we've been all right is because we've we've had we started touring relatively late, I suppose. We're all a little bit savvier and we're just kind of like, well, we're not really we're we we do not really want to just play the squats and stay in squats and fucking whatever. We've done a few, but like definitely not to the extent that you have by the sound of things. Yeah, I mean some of the squat gigs are just insane. Like the sort of things that happen, like the, <laughs> the safety and the, yeah, I mean, crazy. You've seen, you've seen it all, haven't you, Paulie? <laughs> Only the bad bits. I've yet to see the good bits. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> One day. I hear 2022 is going to be quite good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that fine line you talk about, Tom, is probably the end of your 20s, really, yeah. where you're, or at least there's somewhere around about 27, 28, where you just go, ah, right, yeah, this was cool 10 years ago yeah. when I when the only other gigs I'd ever done were Village Fates. Yeah. But now <laughs> but now I'm a bit weary, <laughs> road weary. That, that was kind of the thing with Axes as well. Like, we were all, like, quite late. Like, we'd all played in bands before. Yeah. We'd done it, so even by the time we were signed to Big Scary Monsters, like we were jaded then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like right at the beginning, we were jaded. So we're going out and we're doing these tours, and we were like, "Oh, what am I doing?" <laughs> 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 um, 
Did I tell you about the time we played in, uh, like, you, you must have a similar kind of situation, but we learned quite quick that the worst sorts of gigs were when you'd be playing in a room and there'd be people in that room who hadn't paid to get in. Oh, they are frequently the worst gigs. Right, so so you find there's like a guy and it's his local and he's in there as normal, but you're playing and he's looking at you like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. I think, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I am... I remember doing a gig, it was in a bar opposite Club of a Bath in Cardiff. Oh, uh, the name of Moon or something? Or the... that, yeah, something like that. There's like one which is up like on the road and then there's one that's on, that you go down a set of stairs and go down there. And we were down there and it was a free show um, for like the opening party of a, uh, I don't know, some kind of multi-venue festival, but it was free. Um, and because you can get anyone, and in Cardiff, it's it's a big like stag and hen city, and we had a big uh, stag do come in, and in Falls we would we would play topless and with wirelesses and stand on you know different uh, different things. I just remember a stag group pelting me with ice cubes as I'm stood on top of the table, <laughs> just trying to act like it's all part of the fun, thinking. If one of the, if one of them hits me in the head, uh, I mean it's not it's not going to be a Mackie SRM four fifty, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's going to hurt a bit. It'll hurt the pride more. Yeah, and th- and then Phil, uh, who played guitar, he went to go run out because we sometimes we would go out onto the street, and he went to go run out of the door to go onto the street and was clotheslined by the bouncer as he went to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just remember thinking, oh yeah, free gigs are shit, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> oh. It's like the worst type of gig. We, we were doing this gig in Norwich, and um, it was like it was like a friend of Al's band, and um, we were playing. It was like quite a good gig, but again, it was one of those things where maybe it's like in the room that you're playing in, people had to pay to get in, but you could kind of see through to the other bar. Uh, quite a lot and there's lots of people in there kind of looking in anyway so after the gig um, we're just hanging out having a few drinks and this Scottish guy comes up to me and he goes like love to say really really good but um, have you thought about getting a singer and uh, I say to him like ah oh, no like we're instrumental like we don't really want want to get a singer and he kind of labours the point he says like I've got a friend he's just moved she's just moved to London Great set of pipes on her. She would be perfect. And uh, I say to him, like, listen, we, we really don't want a singer. You <laughs> give her a shout. I could give you a number. She's got a lot of free time. She'd love to be involved. And I say to him, like, listen, like, we don't want a singer. We're doing all right. And he puts his hand around me or his arm around me. And he kind of like surveys the room with his palm. And he goes, are you doing all right? and it was just devastating because i'm not doing all right i'm not not doing all right i'm I'm playing math rocks for a half empty moon in in norwich (laughs) (laughs) because he just really wanted to help and i should have given her a shout i 
don't know how a singer could do anything over an actor's song. <laughs> it would just <laughs> no, no. Odd. Odd. Yeah, it would be but, Now, I'm sure that you've told me about a gig in which Gion got hit in the face. Oh, this is really good. And actually, like, we, I did an Axis Zoom like a few days ago and we were talking about, oh, there's so many painful gigs, but um, this was one of them. So it was in a place called the Garibaldi Hotel. In, <laughs> in Northampton. Northampton, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I just remember that name. Right. Um, were, you, were you out with Delta Sleep? It was Delta Sleep and us. And you get booked for a place called the Garibaldi Hotel and you think, ooh, <laughs> yeah, I love the biscuits. I like them well, <laughs> as long as they're not in Berlin. Like, you know, this could be quite good. And uh, it turns out you're playing like the beer cellar in the Garibaldi Hotel. <laughs> Um, which is a room. It's definitely the smallest room I've ever played a gig in. Um, and it's borderline. If you can imagine the smallest amount of space you could fit your band in yeah. on a stage, like that cubed. Do you know what I mean? So the line, <laughs> so the line between where the stage is and the crowd is, is like pretty much half. It's like half. Right, half band, half people watching, which is just as well because there was like six people there or whatever, probably including Della Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there's this band playing, and the guitar player is like really rocking out, like he's really like throwing the shapes, going crazy, really digging it, and and because the room is so small you can't help but be really close, right? And so he's kind of doing this mad kind of freak out thing. I think he like hangs from the ceiling for a second and then kind of comes down and just smacks Gion in the face with his guitar. <laughs> and uh, like, if you're going to smack anyone in the face, not, not Gion. let it not be Gion. Because <laughs> like, the normal reaction, like if I was hit in the face with a guitar, I'd be like, don't worry about it, man. Just do your thing. You're grand. <laughs> but Shion was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he basically told him off, like, while he's playing a game. <laughs> like, you need to watch what you're doing. You need to watch, you know, hit people. It's, it's out of order. <laughs> he was basically like, uh, uh, and then... <laughs> As he was playing the rest of the gig, he was kind of really sheepish, you know, just like holding his guitar like not, and not moving at all <laughs> because he'd got like this massive dressing down from Gion. <laughs> I think that's, that's an aspect of Gion that I admire so much. Is his <laughs> so good. Just not take any bullshit at all. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, you know, Gion's, Gion's got high stakes in protecting that face. He's a handsome boy. And, no. like, you know, it... it I think he's. I think he's. He's within his rights to to be quite upset with the, the young man, yeah. regardless of the enthusiasm that's gone into the performance. The young man. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I have in the back of my head, Paul. Uh, it's not a gig, but it was an interview you did. Oh. But where the interviewer got 
all the facts about the band wrong. <laughs> do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we referred to we referred to Gion as Dijon. Yeah, Dijon, and then the song was like gospel, I think, instead of relapse, maybe. And it was like, <laughs> right. Uh, and I, I got ripped so hard because I just agreed with him. <laughs> I was just like a rabbit in the headlights with some person like with a camera filming me. <laughs> they were just like putting words in my mouth and I was like, yes, Dijon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to play gospel. I'm looking forward to that. Like, do you know the, the Borat film where he is like saying like really out of order things and high-fiving people? Have you seen it? <laughs> I don't know why you want those guys. Do you know what I mean? Like my brain just takes a good day to, to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, I knew this was going to be fun because I, like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's happened to you guys throughout your lives, but like you've absolutely been handed the shittiest of sticks at times. Oh no, we've had some amazing gigs as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, not as fun talking about them. No, of course not. No one wants to know about the good ones. No. <laughs> yeah, listen, um, I totally love this podcast. It's been giving me a lot of good lockdown joy. Oh. Listening to all the episodes. That is, that is very kind of you. And we, we could probably sit here, like you said, for an entire week mm-hmm. and just and dissect. But I think you've definitely given us, I think the... Um, the premium content uh, (laughs) from your, from your career uh, that we and our listeners deserve. So thank you. Thank you ever so much for doing that. Uh, We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Um, Do you know what we should try and do uh, after, you know, when, when, when we can is do a live axes and AMTP uh, long drive home podcast in where we all essentially get together and just talk about all the shows that we've played together. That'd be really good because specifically Stacy like has amazing memory. Like I used to be in a like a, a thrash punk band with Stacy um, called Black Tax, and the stories that she was pulling out about that were horrific. But I, just, <laughs> I couldn't remember any of it. <laughs> I was like, I can't, like, I can't save them. Do you know what I mean? Because I can't remember. But was that, was that uh, before or after the Mackie SRM four fifty incident? Before, all right. Before <laughs> before yes, oh God, <laughs> I can only retain new memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. We've been looking forward to this for ages. Love you. Love you too. Love you, mate. And yeah, let's do it. Let's do a gig soon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When's that like uh June? June 21st, right? Is that the crack? That's yeah, it. That's, that's on June June twenty-second will be the start of our seven-week tour with Axis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's spend the entire remainder of the year on tour. But only in the UK, so only playing like Darwin and, oh my God, and, and, and Northampton. We should find Garibaldi Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> See if that band can support. Yeah, let's get them in. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll uh, click the record button, Tom. <laughs>